Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Good Grow Great podcast. How is it going? I'm Talia Toha, and this is Growth Amplifiers. I'm going to welcome all of you guys who are listening from 60 plus countries and counting. I'm so excited to welcome you back for those of you guys who are listening, who's been listening for a long time, but also for those of you guys who are just new here. I'm so excited. Whenever I have new friends, new people that I know, new people that are tuning in, it is just an amazing experience because we often connect offline, we often engage uh, with the community and the Good Grow Great community, and it's just fantastic because it's a beautiful way to support one another. I think particularly when we are now post-pandemic or somewhat still, right, but still kind of trying to get back up on our feet and I know that a lot of people who are listening they maybe have new situations in their lives that um, they didn't expect a year ago or maybe they have this new job or maybe they lost their job maybe they have uh, a new business or maybe their business is suffering right or they have this new um, content they want to create whatever it is it is always uh, really really challenging when people are in transition And the number one question that keeps coming up to me from all of our students across the world is usually how to deal with things that on surface level we didn't expect can be actually a challenge, right? And yet when you start doing certain things, these things come up. And I'm kind of curious to hear whether this has been something that is perhaps challenging to you or not, because definitely for a lot of people, this has been a challenge, right? And things like self-doubt, things like, uh, you know, not expectedly or unexpectedly, I should say, having these, um, un, I guess, insecurity when it comes to, okay, moving forward, right? And things like that. Definitely for me, years ago, when I started this, these, all of these topics were at the forefront. Because when you didn't have you know, too much going for you, when you didn't have the, a lot of people knowing you just yet, it is challenging definitely to kind of go, okay, well, I have this beautiful thing that I want to offer that I know the world can absolutely appreciate, but I don't know how to make that possible. I don't know how to advance it because uh, it's just not quite there yet. And we don't know, like people don't know yet that, that this is something that they need and can how do we mitigate that? How do we navigate that? We're going to be talking about that and beyond in this episode. So before we dive in, be sure to hit that follow, subscribe, add, save, and click button. Let's dive in. Okay, you guys. So what was interesting to me was that I remember a time years ago when I was, um, I was kind of, I was so intimidated, right, with everyone who had started out and, um, and looking at like they, they have all these successes. And I know now that I know that it's, it's basically people are high, people are highlighting their successes and it's their highlight reel. I know better, but before all of that, whenever I, find myself in a situation where I have to present, speak in public, or do like a webinar, do a class, 
right? Or even just kind of push some of my writing and insights online in, you know, outlets like Entrepreneur Magazine, where 10 million people are are reading, right? All of these things, when I had to do it, it was challenging for me because I, um, I felt, I guess, a level of intimidation. And because I felt like everyone already has so much going for them that it can't possibly be important for me to be there, you know? And so it's so interesting to have that because at that point I knew that I was already, um, you know, I've spent years helping businesses grow, entrepreneurs grow in their personal life and development and just to create something beautiful and meaningful. I, I know that I've done it, but still, even then, I was, there's a part of me that whenever I, I'm in a position of, you know, ready, set, go, or, you know, showtime, or whenever I'm in those positions, I'm always kind of like, okay, what am I doing? There's all of those questions that come to, ha- to my mind. And I think I was reminded, one of my students actually come to me and said, uh, and said something similar, you know, and it reminded me of this particular scenario years ago when I was experiencing the same thing. And I think for them, they were saying to me, Talia, I felt like when I was there that all of those years that I've worked suddenly was meaningless because I see everyone with all of their accolades, with all of the things that they've done, with all of the things that they've accomplished and so much that they can give. Suddenly I felt like, you know, why should anyone listen to me? Right. That's what they were saying. And so I wanted to kind of focus on that in this episode because I felt like whether you are a successful um, you know, vet in your space or you are just starting out, there are always moments when these things start to kind of creep in because there's always someone who is better, perhaps, someone who is bigger, a bigger name. There's always someone like that. And so the question is, what should we do, right, to kind of when you're in these positions, how can you still best, you know, tell your story? How can you still advocate yourself in a way that is true to you, in a way that doesn't feel like is is just, you know, unnatural or inorganic or something that you feel like, oh, I don't like that, right? And so what can you do exactly? So I do want to share for one minute that um, I, I remember when I was going to do a webinar with someone that, um, and uh, with someone that I really admire and they were seeking help with me. I remember before we started because I so admired their work and I so appreciated all the years that they're working. And I, I felt so humbled because they suddenly came to me and they say, I want your help. And I felt like it was, um, I, I felt like I didn't deserve it. You know, I felt like someone else should do this. You know, and what's interesting was that this person who's had, you know, decades of experience, um, when we came on and, and, and shared the screen, um, I, I literally froze. You know, I kind of stumbled on my words and I just didn't know what to say in the, in the first five, 10 minutes. It was just a mess. It was really embarrassing because I haven't had that situation happen to me for a long time before that because at that point, you know, I felt like, okay, I was getting comfortable and that was fine. But um, again, that question of what am I doing here? <laughs> like, why, why me, right? And um, and so I'm like, okay, what's what on earth is happening here? Because something is up, you know, something is going on here. And why am I feeling this when after years and years, 
I felt like it should not be an issue anymore. And I'm reminded of a similar experience that Jerry Seinfeld, of course, who is a world-class comedian, very well regarded with his writing and his work after years of his work in entertainment. And I know I'm not, I'm no comedian and I'm not in that space, but I remember when he was, I think, 20 or 30 years into it, if I remember correctly, he had shared in an interview that he thought that after he was established, that all of that stuff will come easy, that he will no longer be nervous, that he will no longer feel self-doubt, that he will no longer feel like he's not worth worthy of, you know, the mantle, so to speak, right? And yet, he said the opposite happened. It was still, uh, you know, felt, it still felt awkward at times for him. It still felt weird for him to be doing some of that work. And it still felt like there are other people who were funnier for him, who were much more deserving of the attention and the success that he's received, Right. And so it's, it's very interesting psychologically what's going on here, because um, whether you're Seinfeld or, you know, you're just starting out or you are new in your space or, or you're 10 years ahead, it seemed like consistently and repetitively this issue still comes up. And so the question right now is, what can we do at any stage? And is there a common thread that we can deconstruct and study that way when you come out from this episode, you're like, ah, okay, that's what's happening. This is exactly why um, this keeps happening, and this is how I'm going to navigate it. And it might not be uh, actually a question of eliminating that self-doubt, or I think nowadays people call it imposter syndrome, but maybe it's a matter of perhaps a better reframe. What are some keys to make sure that when we are presented with these feelings and with these self-doubt and self-limiting beliefs and invisible scripts, that we know exactly what to do and what to turn on, what to dial up, what to dial down, right? And so I want to talk about actually one of the times when I discovered three keys actually that's worked for me. And I know it's worked with a lot of my students who are also purpose-driven, who are also looking to create meaningful work. Yes, be successful. Yes, earn handsomely in the same time and be able to do this in a way that feels true to them and true to what they are looking for in their life. And so when these questions come up, right, and the questions of, okay, why is this happening? And I know that in previous podcast episodes, I've touched on this a little bit. I want to dive into this a little bit more. But I believe that, you know, and, and I look and I invite really essentially anyone who is in this space, who are academically in this space to reach out to me and we can work out a way to really study this in greater detail. And I know that sometimes it takes years to study this, but um, uh, just as an overview, what I've learned is that perhaps, and this is my, my hypothesis, is that perhaps evolutionarily, our self-preservation mode, self-preservation mode, I should say, uh, kick in when these things happen. And maybe there's an element of, you know, when we used to be hunter-gatherer, um, you know, these self-doubts and kind of self-check kicks in before we pull the trigger, before we shoot that bow and arrow, before we do something that in our brain chemistry registers as slightly risky to ask, okay, is this the right thing to do? 
And I wonder if part of that chemistry and genetic makeup is still so innately in us and so ingrained in our, you know, just, um, I guess, again, that psychology that even when the risk is not that great now, even when we're just looking to, you know, speak in public or hit click or hit send on this thing that we want to kind of push out and ship out, we have that self-doubt. And I wonder if that is really uh, a modern version of what's happening back uh, before we are now these, you know, just kind of highly intellectual social animals. And I want to kind of learn a little bit more about, okay, what exactly can we do about this? And I really do think that uh, those those modes, right, and those things that we've developed over the course of years, it's there for a good reason. And so I don't actually believe necessarily that we have to get rid of it. I don't. I really don't think that we have to get rid of it per se. I think rather, perhaps, we can embrace it and just say, you know what, it's part of our day-to-day that we get, you know, our heart is something that we're kind of getting nervous sometimes and that we're kind of like thinking twice before we hit send or enter or click, um, you know, click on something. It's just interesting that I think it's there to self-check, but ultimately we are the ones who are supposed to take ownership over this. And we're the ones who are supposed to go, okay, I know what it is. I know what this button does in my brain. And this is what I'm going to do about it, right? And having that complete autonomous ownership over some of the things that's going on internally in the decision-making process. And so I want to share with you three keys to, for me, to doing things that I consider quality good work while still navigating that um, you know, that self-doubt. And and I know that I'm a ton better now that I've gotten years into this, but years ago, I know that I needed these keys, um, these three keys to basically continue to move forward, continue to ship my work, continue to kind of push things out, even when they're imperfect, even when they're like kind of, in my opinion, really oh my goodness, this this piece of writing is no good, this piece of content is not that great, right? Even when those things are happening, um, I still push it out there and people still enjoy it, right? And so what can we do now so that these things can still move and advance forward? And for me, key number one, and I hope that this is resonating with you, is to limit looking at other people's strengths that uh, that make you a little bit more perhaps insecure, envious of, or just kind of have that those self-doubts. Because when you look at other people and 80% of the time, or maybe more uh, that uh, you spend your day doing is constantly scrolling through people's feeds, right? Looking at what they're doing and checking out all of these amazing work that people are doing, you suddenly feel, and perhaps you are, um, you know, that you haven't accomplished much. Because if you're spending most of the time consuming other people's beautiful work, which there is a time for that for sure, then of course it feels like you haven't been productive. Of course, at the end of the day, you feel like, oh my goodness, this, I've done, I haven't done anything and uh, I feel like I'm even more, uh, you know, further behind. So true, right? So one of the big keys for me when, you know, when people are in the online space or even maybe they have an offline business and 
you know, and they constantly feel like other people are winning and, and that they are even more behind than they were the day before is for me to essentially set the, the bar just for myself. And really, I know a lot of people talk about competing. I don't like that word, mostly because I'm like, well, what is that anyway? Like, what exactly is that? But I think if you are thinking about competing, the only competition that matters is competing with yourself. And what I've discovered is when I look at how I was the day before and how I am today, and even if it's just 0.01% better, you know, even if it's just a half of a step better than the day before, then that's all that matters. Why? Because I do believe that things come in waves. You know, people have different times when they're in the spotlight different times when they're winning and they're ahead, right? Different times when things are going for them. Life is just like that. And it's beautiful that way because in the spirit, we're moving together forward. And I think this is important because when you're doing it this way, it it becomes just kind of this um, organic progression. And you don't even realize that you're moving forward. And at the end of the week, you're like, oh my goodness, I've done all that work. That's amazing. That's great, right? At the end of the year, wow, right? You can look back and you go, huh, that's interesting. I've sent out a hundred emails or I've sent out, you know, whatever, you know, 10, uh, 10 different episodes. And it's so crucial to measure your growth um, against your, where you are the day before, where you are the month or year before, rather than measuring it against other people. Yes, there's time and value in um, taking inspirations from others, of course, but if that's the majority of your focus, the self-doubt will always creep in, right? And it will always take over because now um, it, you're no longer in charge. It feels like you have no control and, and you don't have control over other people's uh, successes or failures, right? It doesn't matter because that's outside of our control. Control what we can control, take ownership in the process, limit looking at other people's strengths um, that you uh, that will make you envious, but rather use that as a source of encouragement, right? That's key number one. And when I started doing that, really the game started to change, momentum started to pick up, and I felt so, I just felt so joyful. You know, the, the whole process, there's joy in the whole process, which I think is important to kind of remember. All right, that's the first key. Key number two, and this I actually, <laughs> you know, discovered along the way because, you know, I was very self-driven in my 20s, very, 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 very much so. And I, I wanted, I really wanted success. And I, I'm probably the first person to admit it. I wanted to be successful. All right. And in, and in a lot of ways, because of that drive, I wasn't really um, you know, the most go-giver, you know, as Bob Berg, who had coined this word, had mentioned, being a go-giver is actually more important than being a go-getter. And when I was in that mode, I I wasn't really looking to give. And what's interesting was that when I was in that mode, perhaps I was somewhat successful, but I was miserable. I was just absolutely miserable. I hated the whole thing. I wasn't happy at the end of the day, even when I, I got a few things accomplished, right? And there's really no sense of meaning and purpose and achievement because once I checked a box, I, it was just another box to check, right? It was just another thing that I need to overcome. 
And it was just, it, it's almost like, I guess the word that I'm, I'm looking for is perhaps soulless, right? You hear things about how business has soul, and I think it's true, right? Work has soul, life has soul. But when you're just looking to serve yourself, and all the whole mode is just go-getting, um, it'll work for you for some time, but I highly doubt that in your later years, or maybe five years, ten years down the road, that it's still fulfilling for you, because I know that that joy disappeared. You know, just kind of that high and that excitement of starting something new quickly disappears if I wasn't limitlessly looking for other people's needs that I can help uh, and that I can help solve and that I can help with. So that's the key number two is actually for me uh, to, to just have this mindset of limitlessly helping other people giving rather than getting. (laughs) This is counterintuitive because for all the years that we've been educated and how we can be successful and find, you know, happiness in our life, people say work hard, people say hustle harder, right? And they use words like as long as you work hard, you know, you can be successful. But there was no mention of what this means for other people around us. And I so embarrassingly have spent so many years um, in that mode because I didn't know any better, right? And it wasn't until I hit really a breaking point, and I've shared this in the podcast before, where I was, I was really, I was actually so successful at that point. And I was like, why am I not, what's missing, right? Something is off here. The money's great, the business was great, but something was missing and I wasn't happy. And it wasn't even that I wasn't happy every now and then. There's even this this element of meaning that's completely missing and I didn't like it at all. It was awful. Not a great feeling, you guys, when you felt like you've been working so hard and it was all just just kind of like a floating, you know, um, a floating uh, series of successes that doesn't impact anyone, doesn't really, yes, it changed people's lives some, but it doesn't really change people's lives in a deep way, in a way that they would remember remember and say, you know what, I'm so glad that someone tell, told me this, I'm so glad that someone showed me this, because now I have more time, right, with my family, I have more time to go on vacation for four or six weeks, whatever it was, that was missing, and so it wasn't until I, I did a, a huge 180 self-check and say, I, you know, I've been doing this all wrong. You know, I was so selfish, and now let's give more than, than we get. Let's limitlessly look for other people's needs um, and in ways that I can help with those needs. I think it's so, so important. It's raining, by the way, um, you know, where I am right now and, and creating this episode for you. So if you hear clanking in the background, uh, just enjoy it because I, and, and here you are, just imagine that you're here sitting with me um, looking out at the trees and this beautiful um, uh, overview with, uh, with the rain just kind of pouring, pouring down. I think this is a sign that we are talking about something that, um, that requires hot chocolate, requires coffee and tea and just this beautiful fireside chat. So Key number one, right, as a recap, limit looking at other people's strengths um, that makes you envious. Instead, draw inspiration from it, but rather, more importantly, focusing on times when you can create, right, and you can improve. That's key number one. Key number two, limitlessly 
look for other people's needs and find ways that you can help other people and be useful to other people. I guarantee you, though, this sounds in the beginning like, um, you know, kind of becoming a floor mat and a doormat. It is actually the complete opposite. I guarantee you, whatever your work is going to start to flourish, your life is going to start to have this beautiful light and it's just going to change everything. So that's key number two. Key number three, this is something that, um, that I think is also crucial. When you've, when you've really securely uh, mastered key number one, key number two, key number three is really the action part of uh, key number one and two, which is to offer, to actively offer support in abundance, all right? Whether you want to start doing things for free or for profit, it doesn't matter. I don't, it doesn't matter for me whether you're doing things non-profitly, whether you are still ambitious and you want to hit, you know, uh, this amazing number that you're looking to create. It doesn't matter for me because you want to offer support in abundance because just by pushing all of that beautiful support out there, um, you know, the right ones will come in and, and the right ones, you will attract people who will raise their hands and say, I, I need this. This is something that's really useful for me. So please, please um, help me and please, please, I would love to work with you, right? And so this is so crucial, I think, to me. When you have, um, you know, one of my uh, people I admire, Ramit Sethi, who talks about the abundance mindset, this is so important. But Instead of just staying there, I notice that a lot of people just stay in the mindset phase, but never actually taking it out into action. Um, offer support in abundance, you guys. Okay, so whenever you can, and it doesn't mean that you have to lose sleep, that you have to like wake up at three o'clock. That's not what I mean. What I mean is that offer the right support to the right people who need it, right, and the right people who want it, and you'll find that things are going to start. Um, rolling. Beautiful, beautiful way, I think, to really, really start your day and end your day because when you find this process um, enjoyable, and I know I have, and I hope that you have, you'll find this process super enjoyable as well, it almost doesn't matter what the result is, but surprisingly, the result actually speaks volumes, right? Because when I started doing this, interestingly, you know, things started to pick up. But I wasn't doing it for that reason. I was like, you know what? I really just want to be able to enjoy my day. When I'm doing this, I don't want to feel like I am, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of working for into this big void and vacuum of nothingness. I did not want that. I was looking for something more. And I know if you're listening to this, you're also uh, resonating with this. And perhaps you feel like, that this is something that um, that really, really can change uh, the way that you do things. So having ownership over your life and having ownership over this process and um, having that abundance mindset and approach and action uh, by limitlessly looking for other people's needs and ways to help them and all the while limiting looking at other people's strengths that you will, that will make you envious will, I guarantee you, will obliterate and just crush 
and kill all of that self-doubt. Yes, even if you're an introvert, I'm an introvert as well. Yes, even if you are just starting out. Yes, even if you don't have a lot going for you just yet, right? Um, that's, it doesn't matter. There's always help to be done, and there's always people who need you. And, and I guarantee you most people uh, haven't had 100% of their needs met, right? How many of us here who's been doing things, work, professionally, life, it doesn't matter which area of your life, and it's just not perfect, right? We always need ways to improve it. We always need ways to make it better. And a lot of people come to me, but they didn't come with the right uh, offering. They didn't come with the right, um, you know, I guess, approach, right? It didn't fit. But there are a couple of just beautiful gems who know and who had taken on these three approaches and have absolutely stood out beyond doubt. And, um, and I'm like, yeah, let's do it, right? And so I'd imagine this for you as well, right? I'd imagine this for you when you're starting out or when you're 10, 20, 30 years uh, already into it. So take courage, keep your chin up, because I am so, so grateful that I get to share this with you and that you get to kind of get this juice and, and ideas flowing, right? Oh my goodness, what else can I do now? Now that I see that, you know, having this limiting uh, beliefs and ways to kind of get out of it and be limitless, right? So, so crucial. So all of these things and more, I want you guys to try it out. Let me know. Find me on online. I'm all most. Uh, I'm on most platforms, but definitely reach out to me. Let me know how this goes. But before you do that, make sure that you save, download, hit follow, and subscribe, and hit that notification button so that you can get notified when episodes like this come out, and so that every day um, of the week you have something to kind of chew on, something to listen to, and whenever you have. Uh, obstacles and challenges, you're like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do with this? You have a reference point and you can go, you know what, I'll, I'll use this. And this is, um, I'm going to try this out. I'm going to adapt it this way. I'm going to adopt it this way, right? All of these things and more. Uh, definitely, definitely, you guys, be sure to hit follow, subscribe, add, or collect. And lots of episodes actually in the making and a lot of other episodes uh, to come. I'm so excited. Cannot wait to share them with you. So be sure to check it out. Every week we come out with two to three episodes a week, uh, either Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Fridays or Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And a couple times of the year we drop some bonuses and so much that we want to give to you. But until then, you guys, let's do this.